Hey everybody, Vicki here. Welcome back to the Follow the Yogi podcast. Today's topic is about three benefits of a seated meditation that nobody told me was going to happen when I started this journey. I know what you might be thinking. Oh, no, not another podcast about meditation. Okay, so the actual uh, podcast isn't about meditation itself. It's about the benefits that I got from a seated meditation practice. Now I am going to follow this podcast up with a video podcast so you can actually see what I mean. But for right now, I just wanted to quickly get the point across of some of the benefits that I received that I had no idea I was going to receive when I started my seated meditation practice. So let's start with the first one. People ask me all the time, Vicki, how do I open up my hips? My hips are so tight. Now, here's what happens when we have tight hips. Now, remember, you can have tight hips in the front, on the sides, in the back part of the hips. For many of us, we have it all the way around, just in varying different levels. Um, But one of the most wonderful benefits that I received from a seated meditation practice was a generous opening to my hips. When I first started, my hips were really, really tight. You'll probably hear me say this often that I used to convince myself that I was built for strength and I was built for speed, but flexibility was always going to escape me. And that was like this mantra that I had in my mind. This was a limited belief system that I had created for myself. And we do this a lot. We rationalize, we justify our behavior or our lack of behavior to fit whatever picture is already in our mind. And when we do that, I just want you to think of the phrase limited belief system. Limited in the fact that it holds us back. It holds us back from growth. It holds us back from realizing ourselves and our truest nature. Belief, in other words, it's usually not stated in fact. We see a result, but we look at the result instead of the possibilities and system. It works throughout your whole body. It starts in the mind, but it will perpetuate itself. It will manifest itself in your life. It'll manifest itself in your body. So in this case, I always told myself I was not flexible. Um, so I emphasize my yoga practice mostly on strength on yang. When I started my meditation practice, my seated meditation practice, It was very uncomfortable for me. I had to, or I was presented with how inflexible I had become over a lifetime. And I keep going back to limited belief system because when I was in the womb, when all of us were in the womb, we were able to put our feet behind our heads and we were really in this tight little safe, warm space, but we were uber flexible go into adulthood and our lifestyle now starts to create a limiting range of motion. Do that enough and then continue to convince ourselves that there's no way to fix it and you'll get to where I got to, um, I think around in my early 40s, where I was just completely convinced that flexibility and full range of motion was gone because now I was older Uh, Here's a side note. Pain is not a symptom of aging. It's a symptom of a lot of other things, but pain 
and aging do not have to go hand in hand with one another. All right, that's a side note. Back to my topic. When I started my seated meditation practice, full front and center of really how tight my hips were, I had to find different ways to modify how to sit. I literally had to learn and be taught how to sit. And once I was able to find a modification that um, worked for me at that level that I was at, I'm not going to say that I was completely comfortable or sensation free, but I was able to find a way to sit. And then something wonderful started happening. At first, it really was uncomfortable. Most change is uncomfortable. And even if it wasn't uncomfortable, it was front and center. It was something that I couldn't ignore. It was a distraction um, for me during my beginning meditation practices. But then I looked back after about, I'd say a year, and I began to realize a couple of things. Number one, I didn't need nearly as much support on the outside of my legs or even any back support to sit for a prolonged period of time. I still felt sensation, but as my body started opening up, as my hips started opening up, um, I started experiencing some other benefits. So the first thing is people ask me all the time, Vicki, how can I open up my hips? My response will be sit cross-legged and there are different variations of cross-legged and there are different ways to support yourself. So, and I'll follow up with all of that. But the main gist here is sit cross-legged five minutes with one leg crossed in front of the other and then reverse it five minutes with the other leg crossed in front of the other. And just do that for and a total of 10 minutes once a day, maybe even twice a day. I'm not even saying do breath work. I'm not saying trying to concentrate. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm just saying, put your body in a place where you feel a little bit of sensation, but you're working towards opening up the inner part of your thighs by sitting down. Here's what happens when, or happened when my hips finally started opening up the pain that I experienced in life, and I'm going to say knee pain in particular, lower back pain for sure, and just this overall tightness of being wound up super tight started going away. You notice I said it took about a year. It took about a year for it to register. It had been happening, but it took about a year for it to register that, wait a minute, this isn't as challenging as it was when I first started. And then wait a minute, I'm not experiencing as much discomfort as I was before. And then I had to look at what was happening in other parts of my life. Like in my poses, I was able to access some flexibility based poses much better than I was before I started. Uh, and my range of motion in general increased and my strength increased. Those are awesome things because I had not changed anything else in my yoga practice except started a seated meditation practice and in particular started sitting, well, for me, it was like 20 minutes a day when I first started. That ability to just sit and soften into it 
started restructuring my connective tissue. It started reforming my connective tissue. Because remember, our body is a master of adaptation. If I ask my body to sit for eight hours a day in a certain position, over time, it will obey. And then over a longer period of time, that adjustment that is temporary becomes more permanent because the body really does want to be as efficient as possible. So, hey, body's saying, you're going to do this for eight hours a day. Okay, great. This is going to be the new norm. And because it's the new norm, we'll be able to function this way more efficiently. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily better for us. It means that the body stops fighting and starts reconciling and adjusting to what the norm is. If you sit at a desk, if you are very sedentary, if you have or you're holding your body in one certain way for a prolonged period of time, that can start creating issues where we're, mo- we're holding our body in a way that's not optimal for balance, for pain reduction. You know, I think of office workers, I think of any individual that's standing on their feet all day long whether they're working with hair, cash register, uh, a butcher, uh, someone who's stocking shelves, whatever we're doing in our life all the time, that's going to present itself and that's going to reform our body. Even someone like Tiger Woods, I don't know if you know, fun fact, I'm a golfer, huge golfer, um, as powerful and as physically fit as he is, he's doing the same thing with his body at an elite level, I might add, uh, with a considerable amount of force, hundreds of times a day, every single day. It's no wonder that his lower back needed some fixing because his sport is one side dominant. And especially at the elite level, that's going to create imbalance inflexibility because one side of the body is going to be stronger than the other. And the other side of the body has to be more flexible to uh, continue with that sport. Tennis players are the same way. Racquetball players are the same way. Baseball players are the same way. Um, But really it can apply to anything that we do often enough in our life. All right. So the first pleasant surprise that I did not expect because no one really told me was sitting in a cross-legged position, modified, of course, based on my level, was actually going to give me a deep opening to my hips. Now, in my seated meditation, I do breath work, and that helps to relax my nervous system. But I believe that just sitting and finding our way into a comfortable seated position allows us the opportunity to relax the inner part of our hips so that our hips can begin to open up. All right. So that's the first thing that just blew my mind because I remember I was built for strength. I was built for speed. Flexibility was always going to elude me Eh, wrong, but thank you for playing in this game of life, Vicki. All right. So the second thing, the second benefit that I noticed from a seated meditation practice was the dramatic reduction in pain. I had always lived my life with pain. Fun fact, I'm a jock from a long time ago. 
I um, played multiple sports. I competed. And even in my adult life, I was always doing something. It was either racquetball or uh, cycling or rollerblading or any sport, any kind of activity. Uh, so I was always very active, a lot of broken bones, a lot of injuries, a couple of concussions. That probably explains a lot to you all. But all of the injuries, working in corporate America, sitting behind a chair for 20 years, all of the pain that I had accumulated in my life, and that includes emotional pain, traumas, and mental pain, all of that started going away dramatically when I started sitting for a while on a consistent basis. Again, I had no idea that this was going to be the case. Again, I thought that I was now pretty much sentenced to a lifetime of chronic pain. But once my hips started opening up, some of the pain started going away because as the hips open up, emotional things that we're holding on to have a chance to move up and out of our body. So I was just absolutely elated because pain And for those of you that live your life in chronic pain, my heart really does go out to you. And for those that don't live with chronic pain, I'm really happy for you. But for those that do, pain, chronic pain, pain all the time is debilitating and it is exhausting. I just think it's important to recognize that because no one really understands the secret battle that people live with every day with chronic pain. So I understand from a very deep level, very personal level, how much of a blessing and how much of freedom I felt when I wasn't experiencing chronic pain all the time. And it was a Benny that I didn't even know I was going to receive by sitting consistently, staying with it, allowing the hips to open up a little bit. And then the third one was um, a more neutral spine. Again, all of this takes effort. You know, it's not going to happen right away. A lifetime of movement, a lifetime of stagnation, a lifetime of doing the same thing over and over and over again creates a blueprint and it creates a comfort zone for our body, even if it's not the most optimal one. So reversing that, not only will it take time, but it will take stick to and it will take um, doing it even when we don't want to. But I digress. So the last thing that I noticed that I was thrilled with was a more neutral spine. Now I have scoliosis. I have a curvature in my spine. And the ability to actually relax my body enough So where that malformity is pulling on my body and creating even more pain and making many things very challenging for me to access, the ability to be able to sit more upright and over time relax into it so my body, the way it's built, can find a more neutral spine again goes to the victory of having incredibly less pain. We have a lot of nerves that run up and down our spine. Our spine is our communication center between the brain and the body. 
So if something's going on in the body, it's going to shoot up the spine and register pain in the brain. If our spine is not neutral, those nerves have a chance of being pressed on, muscles pulling against the skeletal system, not muscle, but uh, ligaments and tendons are pulling against the uh, skeletal system because our body is dying to get back into balance and it'll do anything that it can to go in back into balance. So it's this constant struggle inside of ourselves unconsciously to get back into balance. And that causes stress on the body. And that potentially can also cause pain. It can potentially cause injuries because when we're doing something too much with one thing to get back into balance, that pretty much leaves a weakness in some other place. We don't want to leave ourselves vulnerable for that. So getting back to a neutral spine was the name of the game and I had no idea. And here for my uh, spiritual folks, for my empaths, remember the spine is also the divine highway. It is where your subtle energy rides, hopefully upwards. Once that spine is more neutral physically, the bottlenecks, the congestion, some of the blockages begin to be removed. And now that prana, that life force is able to move up and down the spine more effortlessly. Um, and now that's going to aid you in all of your subtle energy work, all of your chakra reconciliations. Um, if you're a Reiki practitioner, all of these things, when energy is flowing optimally, there's nothing that we can't tap into. And, um, again, all of these things, I had not realized that I was going to get those three benefits just from sitting a little bit of time every single day. Now I didn't push it. I didn't try to make it happen. I did not try to sit in full Lotus right from the get go. I, well, that's actually not true. I did try to get into full Lotus. I wasn't in my seated meditation practice, but I did try to get into full Lotus after a yogic practice in a hot room. So I had all of the variables, all of the possible benefits there that could make it successful for me, but I actually forced it and I pulled out two ligaments on each leg, uh, kind of left me unable to practice, unable to walk comfortably for about three or four months. Now, the reason I'm saying this is because you'll hear me say very often, please do not force yourself into a pose. The reason I say that is because even from my personal experience, I've been in the situation where I forced myself into this pose that I thought was the quote unquote best way to be to receive the most success out of whatever I was trying to do. But anytime we force ourselves, especially if the body is already tight, remember those weaknesses that we are vulnerable to. You never know, but it might happen where that weakness, connective tissue doesn't stretch. We can't force ourselves into a deeper expression of a pose. We can do so muscularly, but that muscle will only expand for so long or so far. Then the connective tissue, the plastic of our body is what gets called upon. And that doesn't stretch. It does, however, snap if we force it long enough. And then we start feeling the achiness in the knees, or we actually might hear something snap. That's what happened to me. 
And we know that whoo, hard days are upon me because I tried to force something. So the other message that I want to bring along with this is if you choose to do this, which I highly recommend, if you choose to sit every once in a while or for some time every day, do it not with the goal of opening your hips, relieving pain, or neutralizing your spine. Those were the benefits that I received that I want to share with you. You have a whole other set of benefits that you're going to receive from it. I just wanted to share some of the benefits that I received from my practice because again, I didn't know that these things were going to be a byproduct of my practice. And on another side note, this is some of the stuff that I really love about our practice. If we allow ourselves to be open, to have a sense of wonderment, to have a childlike curiosity instead of a direct goal of what we want to achieve, If we allow ourselves to be open to whatever is supposed to come to us, you will marvel at the results that you get. Um, Remember that limited belief system that I talked about. If we sit down and have concrete goals, what we've done to ourselves right from the get-go is limited ourselves because our mind is basically setting those goals based on whatever we experienced in the past. So it's referencing our limitations. It's referencing through the lens of our limited belief system. So right from the get-go, we're going to be holding ourselves back because it's done through this lens of hesitation, of here's how I'm limited. I'm sharing with you the things, the bennies that I received. You will have a host of other benefits that you have, but I just wanted to share with you some of the things that you that might not be obvious that you would receive from a seated meditation practice. All right, yogis, my time is up. Thank you for spending time with me. If there's ever a topic that you want to hear that you want me to cover, please get in contact with me. You can reach me on Instagram at Vicky Santana Yoga or on Facebook, Vicky Santana, or you can just chat me up on www.vickysantana.com. I can't wait to hear from you. All my love, peeps. Keep it real.